The relationship between a husband and a wife is closer than between parents and children. Marriage is God's appointed way for a man and a woman not only to be together forever, but physically and emotionally and spiritually. I mean, the scriptures are so clear. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are so glad to have you with us today for our continued study of what the Bible says about divorce. While modern society views marriage as an easily dissolved union, God hasn't wavered in His desire for husbands and wives to enjoy a lifelong relationship. Stay with us to see that God can bring healing to those who suffer a fractured marriage But his first desire is to help you avoid the painful consequences of divorce. Today's message is, What About Divorce? Join us in Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 3. And I thought that this week, uh, a second teaching would be about divorce. What happens when people divorce? I think it is an issue. I think it's a problem, not only in this church, but many, many churches. It really hurts children when people divorce. The question is, why do people get divorced? I guess that's a question that I guess only you can answer that. And uh, we want to make sure you understand that we're not putting on people that have been divorced in the past. We want to teach you what God's word says. It's not the unpardonable sin. That's not the way it is. The Lord is going to share from the Old Testament which will be different from the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when somebody would commit uh, adultery, they would be stoned to death. We can't do that today. You know, we're under the grace of God. They were under the law of God in that situation. But here are some of the reasons. Infidelity, bitterness, hatefulness, drinking, drugs, and growing apart etc. We have so many that have divorced for so many causes. Children are the ones that really hurt and they turn bitter when there's a divorce in the family. But if you're in that situation, love your children. Love them. Be with them. Don't ever speak against their mother. Don't ever speak against their father. Make sure you build up. Yes, we made a mistake. We're divorced. But this is now as Christians, this is what we're doing. And we love you. And we want to continue to love you until the day we're going to be the Lord. And sometimes it really hurts people. Let's see what he says because it brings condemnation to so many people. And God doesn't want you to be condemned. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Holy Spirit. He begins in chapter 19, verse 1 through 19. I want to read the scripture all the way through to verse 9. He says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these saints, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. 
And a great multitude followed him, and he healed many of them. And then the Pharisees, the spiritual hypocrites, the spiritual leaders, they were always trying to entrap him. And he says here, he says, the Pharisees also came to Jesus, testing him and saying to Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Good question. And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made both of them or them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, it's very important that we understand that way back at the beginning of marriage, Adam was waiting for a wife. God saw his emptiness. He brought Eve to him. They got married. They came together. And a lot of times people ask me, well, it says male and female. What about male with male, female with female? No, that's against the Bible. That's against God's word. God made a very clear concerning marriage and divorce, separation. And I just want to share with you my heart as Jesus shares his heart with us in this lesson this morning. He goes on in verse 5. And then he said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be glued unto his wife and the two shall become one flesh. He goes on to say, they said to him, this is why then did Moses command to give him a certificate of divorce? And to put her away. And then he says the answer. He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts. There is the answer. The hardness of people's hearts. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your whites. But from the beginning, Adam and Eve, from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you. Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. So these are the words of Jesus to the Pharisees. Question number one, what are they asking? Well, in verse three again, the Pharisees also came to him testing him. And saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? According to the Jews in the Old Testament among the Pharisees, if you had a wife, she's cooking your dinner, and she burns your dinner, he could say, I divorce you. Get out of my house. And give her a writing of divorcement. But not so with Jesus. But the Pharisees came tempting him. With a difficult question, is it lawful, they asked, to challenge his interpretation of the Mosaic law in Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 5, where they were to give a bill of divorcement was allowed. The more strict school of Shemei held that divorce was lawful only upon a wiseful, shameful conduct, where the most liberal school of Hillel, gave a wider possible allowance for divorce. They wanted to test the wisdom of Jesus. They wanted to test him. They wanted to have a controversial question they were asking Jesus. Jesus, since you say you're the rabbi, answer these questions that we have to bring to you at this particular moment. You see, the test was designated to trick Jesus, to be an with Moses. When he says, for any reason at all, 
can we divorce? Moses wrote this in Deuteronomy 24, 1-4. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. When she has departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife, and later the husband detests her and writes her a certificate of divorce, puts her in her hand and sends her out of his house, second husband. Or if the later husband dies, who took her as his wife, then her former husband who divorced her must not take her back to be his wife after she has been defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. And when a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war or be charged with any business. He shall be free for one year and bring happiness to his wife whom he has taken. So they had all these laws that if somebody got married, he didn't have to be in the military. He didn't have to go out to battle. He spent that year with his wife just in case when he went to battle, he got killed. At least he had a year with his wife. Let me read something to you. This is the more popular view of divorce. Championed by the famous Rabbi Hillel, leader of the Sanhedrin during the reign of Herod the Great, who taught that one could divorce his wife for any reason, including burning dinner or being unpleasant. Rabbi Shemiah, Hillel's contemporary, had as much narrower view permitting divorce only for indecency, probably lewdness or presmacuity, short of actual intercourse. So you had these two schools that they had to deal with, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. Now the Pharisees should have known the law. They studied the law. But when Jesus began to give answers to the law, they became jealous. They became jealous of losing people in their denomination, should we say, in their church that they used to run, called the synagogue. They would have people come and worship. When Jesus began to see that people were coming to him to be healed, to be taught the word of God, Jesus was never trying to build a club or a church. Jesus came to give the truth to men. Pharisee or not Pharisee, didn't matter who you were. These guys were religious, powerful men. They wanted to destroy the ministry of Jesus. And yet God protects Jesus, and Jesus not only goes out, he gives them the truth. God made one man, Adam and Eve, one man, one woman, to come together and become husband and wife. Genesis 2.24, he says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined or glued to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Adam needed a companion who was equal to him, with whom he can find fulfillment sexually, communicating with one another. And God saw the emptiness of Adam, so he created Eve to be his wife. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. You can also email Rawl directly at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. For Straight Talk with Rawl, visit his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to the final part of our study today, what about divorce? Now, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They were kicked out of the garden. And the woman was cursed by having children. That means the pain of having a child. For the rest of her life, she was going to have pain when she would have a child. Adam was to work the rest of his life to support his family. And then in verse 5, interesting, he says, and he said, for this reason, a man leaves his father and his mother. The reason you leave your mother and your father when you get married is not to go back to your mother or father. You're to have your own place. Your mom and dad are never to come into that circle. Ever. The husband now needs to love his wife. The wife will never love the husband unless the husband loves his wife. That's just biblical. Ephesians chapter 5 tells you that. A lot of times women want to divorce because of the way they're being treated by the husband. Ask my wife the way I treated her before I came to Christ. I had to learn how to treat my wife. I had to learn how to love my wife. And many times that's very hard because you've never had that love given to you by your parents. You've grown up in a home of violence, a home of hatefulness. And then you come to that place where you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And now Christ teaches you how to love your wife. And it's so cool because in Ephesians chapter 5, three times the word love is used upon the husband's life. When he says wives are to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord, he doesn't say wives love your husbands. No, he tells the husband that he is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. And so Jesus here wants to make sure when he speaks to the Pharisees, this is what is written in the Old Testament, and this is in the New Testament. He goes on in verse 5, he says, And then he said, For this reason a man shall leave his father, his mother, and be glued unto his wife, the two shall become one flesh. So marriage is one way to avoid sexual sin. Sexual sin. Go ahead and read 1 Corinthians 7-6 when you go home. The relationship between a husband and a wife is closer than between parents and children. Marriage is God's appointed way for a man and a woman, not only to be together forever, but physically and emotionally and spiritually. I mean, the scriptures are so clear. And I know that it's very hard many times for me to say this. Because some of you may have children. Maybe your son or your daughter might be a lesbian or a homosexual. I would say to you as a mother and father, love your children. Love them. Don't condemn them. Let the Lord speak to their hearts. The Holy Spirit is big enough to convict any person that he wants. Because of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. And here we have in verse 6 something important too. He says, so then they are no longer two people, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man ever, notice, separate it. 
He has yoked them together in the sense of what of significance between husband and wife. God himself instituted that relationship between you as a wife and between you as a husband to be innocent before your children, before the world. Here Moses, marriage on the Sabbath are the oldest divine ordinance given to us. Quote, Although marriage is not distinctive to the church, but common to the world nevertheless, being stamped with a divine institution and confirmed by our Lord Jesus Christ, it should be managed after a godly sword and sanctified by the word of God and prayer. 2 Corinthians 7.11 says, For absurd this very thing, that you sword in a godly manner, what diligence is it produced in you? What clearing of yourself? What indignation? What fear? What behemoth desire? What zeal? What vindication? In all these things, you prove yourself to be clear in this matter. First Timothy 4, 5, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Look at verse 7, the second question here. And they said to Jesus, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? You see, the Pharisees thought that they had caught the Lord in a fragrant contradiction of the Old Testament. Remember, he's the one that gave the Old Testament. They thought that they entrapped him. Moses made provision for divorce. What would have happened? A man could simply give his wife a written statement and then put her away of the house, Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. But that separation, especially when that second marriage, that husband would have to pay the father of that girl, especially, you'll see in a moment, proving that she was a virgin. And Moses, look, this is what he says again. This is the answer in verse 8 and 9. Here's the second reply. And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, there's the problem permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. That was purpose not to divorce. Not to divorce. But in the Old Testament, they did. For many things. But in the New Testament, Jesus came to do what? He came so that we can know his grace, his love, and his mercy. That unmerited favor that we never knew until we came to Christ. Because Moses again said, what? Because of the hardness of your hearts permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not. So God's ideal was what? That there would be no divorce. That was God's ideal. That nobody would divorce. But people do divorce. But God often tolerates conditions that are not his erective will. Maybe you're here. Verse 9, he says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. You need to need 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Because in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 30 to 31, he talks in two verses concerning divorce and what takes place when there is a divorce and commit adultery. Now, if this happens... Sexual immorality. And you marry another. I already told you this. That you marry another who? Another Christian. 
And if you don't, you're going to have problems. You know, he might have alcohol problems. He might have drug problems. He might be an abuser, physical, or verbal abuser. But you see, you made that decision to marry them. God warns you. But then as you come to Jesus Christ and your husband or wife comes to Jesus Christ, he can heal that marriage. That second marriage, he can heal that. Because he loves you and because he cares for you. There are so many scriptures in the New Testament concerning the warnings of sexual sin, including adultery. Acts 15, 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 18. Galatians 5, 19. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Chapter 5, 3 to 12. Colossians 3, 5. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 7. And then Hebrews 13, 7. All the way to the New Testament. The Lord is stating... In absolute, with authority, that the past is gone. And you're living now in the present. In the present, in Jesus Christ. He says in verse 10 to 12, the clarification here. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. So if you really see something in that person, man or man, it's better not to marry, to wait upon the Lord. Verse 11, he says, but he said to them, all cannot accept this saying, but only those whom it has been given to. To who has been given to, they can understand what Jesus is saying here. I would pray this morning that as God speaks to each one of us, married or not married or divorced and remarried, that we would take the word of God, take God's word and obey it. Obey it. For those of you that are young and you're planning to get married in the future, listen carefully. If you're young and you're here in a relationship, sexual relationship, man, the best thing to do is to break that relationship and see if that person really loves you. To see if he's not using you for his own pleasure. That happens in the scriptures. If you and your spouse are struggling and it feels like there's no way forward for your relationship, we hope you'll trust in the Lord's ability to heal and redeem. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear this program with much more content, just call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, ask for today's lesson, What About Divorce? We'd also like to offer you Rawls' four-part divorce series on an MP3 flash drive. As you consider the Bible's instructions on marriage, you'll see how life-changing it can be to put your hope in the Lord. When you commit to honoring Him with your obedience, He can guide you to a better place with your spouse and help you avoid the heartache of broken wedding vows. To order Rawls' biblically clarifying divorce series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive of four messages for a gift of just $10 or more. Once again, that number is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
We'd also like to tell you about our many free resources. Download our app for live-streamed teaching, Bible study helps, and much more. To review one of these programs or catch one you've missed, download the podcast using Spotify or iTunes. And you'll also want to subscribe to Rawls' daily devotional emails at somebodylovesyou.com. And remember, you can email Rawl directly for biblical insight and encouragement. His address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. Don't forget, we are a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you for partnering with us in sharing the good news of the gospel. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Next time, we'll continue with more from this series, Pondering the Blessed Relationship God Desires for Husbands and Wives. If you're feeling on the brink of divorce, you'll find assurance that the Lord is mighty and He can bring healing when you honor Him with obedience and trust. Now here's Rawl with a closing comment. The Lord gives in verse 12 and 13 this. He speaks about three eunuchs. He says, and there are eunuchs who were born thus in their mother's womb. So a eunuch, sometimes born as a eunuch, no problem. Then some would become eunuchs, especially among kings, taking care of their women, their harem. And then you become a eunuch in the Lord, where you don't have to marry. Paul the Apostle talks about that in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. There are guys that are eunuchs in the kingdom of God that never ever married. God gives them that gift. And yet God's grace is so amazing in the way he does that. Protecting us, watching over us, that we will not only enjoy our marriages, but that we would come to that place and we look up to him and say, Lord, thank you so much for what you have done in what you're doing at this present time. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.